following program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Here we are. We're back. Yay. Again. <laughs> we had a wild, wild break. Yep. In which we, well, Erica went to the bathroom and I taped up um, my Christmas lights that had been falling off from my ceiling. Um, yeah, because we just finished recording one episode, uh, because Glee did this really nice thing of being like, oh, you haven't had Glee for two months, let's give you an episode, and then two days later, give you another one. Yep. You know, they don't, because they don't think about us. They don't no. think about the podcasters out there. They don't care there about Glee Who are like, oh, gee, okay, great, we have two episodes, but that means we have to work twice yeah. for work that we're just doing out of our own goodness of our hearts. Free. It's free. Yeah, really. Working really, free. Fox, you know, you couldn't just spread it out a bit. What? No? no. Not cool with you? Nuh-uh. Fine. Great. Um, yeah, so I'm Emily. America. Just in case, because some people might be like, just listening to the Valentine's Day episode. Weren't listening to the Super Bowl episode. So I just wanted to make sure so that was clear. we are again. We are! Right. Um, we don't have much of an introduction, because we kind of yeah, said everything we, we needed to say, but I had one thing I wanted to mention. Yes. Because this episode of Glee, which was um, Silly Love Songs, yes. right? Uh, this episode reminded us of a character. It brought back a character we hadn't seen in a while. What character was that? Do you remember? Brad? Brad, Brad. Brad was in this episode. We haven't seen Brad in a while. Um, who's Brad? He is the piano player. He's the piano player. We love Brad. Um, and Brad, you know, doesn't, hasn't yet to have a line. I kind of hope he never has a line. It's a little more mysterious that way. Exactly. But I wanted to, um, I was reading when I go, I don't read the paper so much because, you know, who does nowadays? We don't need to know what's going on in the world. Um, but by paper this week, I mean USA Today, USA News, whatever, USA Weekend, whatever it is that's in Newsday, that's like the really fluffy Hollywood section. And last week when I was visiting my mom, I noticed that like, oh, there's something about Brad in here. So somebody, this is in the little front flap of USA Weekend, when people were writing questions that they could really answer if they went on IMDb, but right. people don't know how to do that. Um, but somebody wrote in a question. Who is the man sitting at the grand piano accompanying the kids on the TV show Glee? Uh, Dave Simonson from Phoenix asked that question. Oh. Whoever it is that responds to that question had this to say. You've spotted Brad Ellis, 50, a musical director with a Broadway past, on the Fox show who had no idea he would end up on camera until creator Ryan Murphy nudged him with these words. You should wear black. Now he's jamming with the Gleeks on camera, along with music directing and vocal coaching behind the scenes. On set, he's known as, ready? You want to know what his nickname is? (laughs) Plan B. He says with a laugh, if we're not sure what music goes in the scene, I always provide something. Um, that's all we have, but <laughs> I just it. thought that, that that needed to be shared with you out there in Glee Cast Land. That was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and that's really all we have to say for an introduction. We're going to yeah. have a question of the week at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. Or wait, or do we just do it on Palaver? I can't remember. Uh, we ask it here and then We ask it here and then tell them to answer it on Palaver. Right. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's been a while since we've done this, people. We're, we're, we're shabby. Shab, shab, not shabby. I can't think of words today. Um, it's okay. Rusty. Rusty. Same difference. 
So um, let's glee cap. Let's glee cap this this madcap episode of Glee. Okay, so silly love songs. Heart candy. Puppy love personified by stuffed puppies. Already in a red sweater. Yes, love birds. It's Valentine's Day in Lima. And smooches are in the germ-filled air. Finn's riding newfound popularity after his football victory. And though every female wants his frankentine fish lips, his eyes are stuck on the slightly guilty, slightly curious, and still Sam-attached queen. How do you woo an attached ex cheerleader? Open a kissing booth, of course. Some object to such an idea, including Santana, who is soon served a verbal beatdown by her fellow Glee Clubians. Spurned by Puck, who is subsequently spurned by the mysteriously confident better-kissing Lauren Zeisis, Santana decides to stir some trouble by getting mono, giving it to Finn, then watching him give it to Quinn. You know who doesn't get mono? Rachel. Because Finn gently tells her she's woman enough for herself. A.K.A. it's over and she doesn't give him fireworks. Elsewhere, Kurt's adorable heart almost bursts when he thinks Blaine might reveal romantic feelings. But such thoughts are actually directed at the pretty blonde boy who works at the Gap. When Blaine's elaborate serenade is shot down, uh, Kurt confesses his own crush, Blaine confesses his awkwardness, and we all confess who, how in love with these kids we really are. Also, there's some random subplot about Tina being so happy that she's going to die. It was weird. But you know what wasn't weird? A too-cute-for-words finale, where the Warblers host a concert for the town-wide Lonely Hearts Club in the heart of breadsticks. They're crunchy, they're tasty, they will never stop believing because they're breadsticks. I mean, honey! This was Silly Love Songs. I'm just going to come out and say I have a silly love song for this episode. I yeah, love this episode. It was really good. It was just funny and adorable, but really character-based. Yeah. Uh, this one was a, was a Ryan Murphy written one. Was it? Yeah, which didn't feel like a Ryan Murphy episode at all. at all. It felt much more like either Ian Brennan or Brad Felchek. Um, although, based on that interview with Ian Brennan, it seems like... You know, all of it's a, it's more collaborative than I think yeah. we kind of figured it was because again, it seems like individual writers work on specific characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was um, direct, uh, written by Ryan Murphy and directed by Tate Donovan, who's um, did he do the voice of Hercules? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I just remember that he used to he used to date Jennifer Aniston. Um, he seemed like he was on like a bland. He seems like a really bland actor, he but I think he's is, been directing but... a lot of TV lately. Um, Tate Donovan, who is there, he is kind of a kind of looks like someone I know, but I can't think of who. Um, Tate Donovan as an actor, nineteen ninety seven. He was also um, in like nothing exciting. Like you're looking at these credits, and there's not one movie that. I, I mean, Good Night and Good Luck, I'm sure it was he good. He was a Nancy Drew. He was Mr. Drew. Um, oh, he was he was Jimmy Cooper on, on the OC. He was. I never watched the OC. He was Julie Cooper's ex-husband. Okay, he was on Friends a lot. That was probably when he was dating Jennifer Aniston. He was on Allie McBeal. He played Ronald. I don't know who that was. Don't you guys love listening to us look at um, He Oh, yeah, Disney sing-along songs. Yeah, he was the hero. Oh, he was in an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Which I think everybody in Hollywood was at some point. He's, he directed an episode of Gossip Girl. He did. I caught that, too. That's from this year. I remember being, seeing Tate Donovan's name again and like remembering it. Okay, so he's directing TV now. So good good on him. Good for him. Good on him. Because uh, I think this episode was well-directed and well-acted and well-written and all that stuff. I just think this was... Um, it reminded me a lot of duets, like where it was just a lot about kind of moving these characters around and throwing them together with different people and just all that stuff. And it just really worked for me. And there were a lot of funny lines and 
the I mean the only thing that was missing, and again, like we've said this on other episodes that we've really liked, but been like, hey, where was mm-hmm. Sue? No Sue. There was episode. no Sue this week. But we can figure she's hibernating after her loss. True. 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 Very true. Um, so should we now, lots of different kind of characters get their little arcs in this episode. Who would you like to start with? Um, uh, let's do Blaine and Kurt because they're kind of, okay. all the other ones kind of tie in together. True, true, true. Um, I, I, I love them. Can I they know. kiss? <laughs> but I, I do, yeah. I love the way this unfolded because it was just really, of course, you knew, I knew immediately that like, the guy Blaine is talking yeah, about wasn't Kurt. Kurt. Like, you can kind of figure it out. Like, Blaine's like, oh, I'm going to tell this guy I really like him. And Kurt's like, oh, my God, he's going to tell me who he likes me. Uh, but you know it's not going to happen. Uh, and But I loved that conversation they had afterwards. Yeah. when Because Blaine lets it all, Blaine is like, they presented Blaine as this really confident, you know, young gay guy who's totally comfortable with himself, who's like a leader in his school and in his glee club and everything else. And then you realize, like, but he's still like 16 or 17 yeah. and he still, he doesn't know how to start a relationship or how to tell somebody he likes them. So he does what he thinks he knows how to do, which is sing, sing. an amazing song yeah. in the gap. Um, and it doesn't quite work. No, no. But what happens afterwards? But then Kurt gets to be like, I thought you, you were, were going to sing to me. Yeah. And Kurt Blaine gets to be like, I'm sorry, I'm awkward. Yeah, but it was sweet because it was like you don't know, like you didn't. Blaine never said like, "Oh, I do like you," yeah. or "Oh, I no, I don't have feelings for you like that." You got the feeling that Blaine just almost didn't think of Kurt this way mm-hmm. because he didn't want to. Like, he didn't want to think of Kurt as a romantic, like you know, partner because that totally changes their relationship. Right. And what if he loses that? But it also could have, and it also could have played into you know him wanting to appear confident, but being really nervous. And mm-hmm. by going after the guy he kind of knew he couldn't get, right. and not going after Kurt, he was kind of playing it safe to mm-hmm. himself. True, true, um, true. It was just a very enjoyable story. Yeah. And apparently they're going to when Harry met Sally, which means they're going to try and be friends. I was confused by that. Yeah. Because what that means is that you're going to become friends. Because the whole whole point of when Harry met Sally is that they're saying that men and women can't be friends. And then ultimately, apparently they can't. They can't. Is what the the show is saying. Which I, fuck that. Because you totally can. Yeah. Have perfectly, very close and platonic relationships with the opposite sex or the opposite of what you are interested in. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. I didn't quite get that reference at all. Yeah. And now they're basically saying, so they're like, they're like, well, can two gay guys be friends? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> you guys were friends. But I so I don't, yeah, that, that might've, not that that was a low point, but I, I don't know where the relationship stands. Yeah. I think it was important for it to kind of be brought out. Cause like, I've definitely had not so much me personally, but I've had a lot of friends who've gone through this with their, friends of the opposite sex where they're like mm-hmm. i don't know like yeah no we spent all this time together but no no no, it's not romantic they're like okay sure it's not but really is it isn't and for some sometimes it's not and in other cases it totally is and it's just two people neither of whom wants to ever acknowledge that they have feelings for each other because then it means they can't be friends right. and then it means like yeah well when we break up because that you know there's a whatever chance that that's going to happen all of this is gone so I don't know. I, I liked that. And I liked that it didn't end with them kissing or it didn't end with this. Like, it was kind of... It ended with them ordering coffee. Exactly. And, like, it was right because they're both new to this. Like, they're, they, neither one of them has had a boyfriend. 
So I just loved everything about them. It was good. Because they were both so adorable. I know. I, I want, want to pinch them. I know. I want like little dolls of them. <laughs> um, so then let's get Finn out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Finn, now that he's the BMOC, he decides to open up a kissing booth, and that's his way of getting Quinn, Quinn to, to kiss, kiss him, him again. What school's going to allow a kid to have a kissing booth? I guess I McKinley they, High. No, they do it at, like, carnivals do they? And It stuff. just seems so, like, in this day and age, it seems wrong. It doesn't it's seem in, like you can do it. It's in another movie. It's like those people that give free hugs, and they freak me out. Yeah, that's weird. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. It just um, freaks me out. Um, I don't know what movie it's in, but... I forget what movie it's in. Okay. But anyway, I, it's, like, it's a thing. I, I think it's a Hollywood thing, but it's a thing. Yeah. I, I, I pe- uh, Listeners, have you ever taken part in a kissing booth? Um, what, what I love is that... Will's like, this will pay for half a ticket. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, so much work. Okay. Um, so uh, Finn's just trying to get Quinn back. Yes. And Rachel. oddly enough, I didn't hate this. I would have thought I would. Because why would I want to see a relationship I've already seen? Well, because they're a year older and a lot's happened to both of them. And maybe they'll be an interesting couple. Which is fine, but it's... Finn setting up a double standard because Finn yeah. doesn't want Rachel because Rachel cheated on him. And now he Quinn wants Quinn who will cheat. cheated on him far worse. And is now about and to cheat on cheater. Sam. Yeah. So he's clearly a cheater. Like Very true. That really bothers me. Yeah. No, you're absolutely and right And I understand it's like being an 18-year-old boy, but mm-hmm. that's he needs to have stronger standards than that. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um the same time. And I just like, feel bad for Sam. Sam hasn't too. done anything wrong. Sam has been a pretty awesome character. Sam just, he just has, has kind of come across as like, hair. you know, um, he's pretty, but he's not dumb, or so yeah. he says, although everybody seems to think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sam has really, like, been a good guy from the beginning. And he treats Quinn really well. Yeah, almost too well. Not that... Which is probably why she's cheating on him. Not that Finn would treat her poorly or that he ever did treat her poorly, but, I don't know, they just... they I like them. Yeah. And there's no reason to break them up, and it makes me sad. Well, I, I mean, that... I knew that was coming because of an interview I read with Ryan Murphy where he basically said, eh, they're too perfect. I got bored of them. Yeah. <laughs> which I could see. And, hey, it looks like now they'll aim Sam at Santana. I know. Because, hey, you know why? You totally know why. Come on, let's face it. The reason is that we can call them Santana. (laughs) That is plain and simple the reason that relationship's going to happen. He's, no, she's going to corrupt him. (laughs) That might be possible. Um, Well, do we have anything else to say about Quinn and Sam and Finn? Well, Rachel. Yes. Now Rachel enters this equation. Still trying to get because she's still trying to get Finn back. She's Um, gonna give him a hundred dollars, and he's not gonna be able to make change. And then he'll have to kiss me a hundred times. Of course. (laughs) Uh, I I I don't don't know how I feel about the inconsistency of what a dollar gets you. Because for some people it gets like lip on lip. For others it's a peck on the cheek. Yeah. I don't know. I think as a consumer I would have problems with that. But whatever. Well, I think he didn't. He didn't want to kiss the the girl with Down syndrome, Erica. Is that what you're gonna say? That's what you're gonna say. <laughs> he didn't want to give her the wrong idea. Maybe, maybe, perhaps. Maybe because he does the same with Rachel. Take it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't want to give Rachel the wrong idea, mm-hmm. so he gave her a peck on the cheek. Right, and she got right, right. Um, now Rachel is still trying hard. Yeah. But and by then, the but I like her. I like her talk with Mercedes and Kurt. I their love girl that. Night. Yes, their girl night eating eating pizza yep. and braiding each other's hair. And they're, they're divas. Although they were sitting very awkwardly. Did you notice that? I <laughs> think, well, here's why. I will tell you why they were sitting that way. If you noticed, Mercedes was wearing a one-piece uh, feety pajama thing. Yes. Which 
they are incredibly unflattering because it makes you look like a giant baby. <laughs> and whenever you have a one, this is why like big girls shouldn't wear overalls either because they're just, they give you, they don't give you anything. So they just make you look like a little blob. And I think if Mercedes had moved a different way, it would have made her look awful. Because at that point, like, you got nothing protecting your, your roles, essentially. <laughs> like, you don't have a belt. You don't have pants. You have nothing that's going to stop people from seeing everything if you bend in such a way that the fold of the suit won't show you. <laughs> so so I think like, that was why. You just sit with your back to everyone. You just lay <laughs> in this position. And poor girl was probably so sore the next day. Uh, and then, like, lean over this way. As you lean over, Rachel, lean back. It's like the way, like, if they're doing, like, porn, it's all about, like, okay, move your arm here so that you're going to block her roles when she moves this way. I totally think that's how they have to do it. To Tate Donovan was behind that camera. He knew what was going on. <laughs> Whose idea it was to put Mercedes in the onesie? I don't know. I think they should be spoken to about yeah. that. She could have had some two-piece pajamas. Exactly. Come on. I've Especially, like, when you have a sleepover party, on one hand, you're kind of like, yeah, it's just the girls and everything. Like, But really, like, you're still, you know... I don't know. You're not going to wear the pajamas that make you look horrific in front of anybody. Yeah. You know? Um, it was a very awkward seating arrangement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on it all. Oh, yeah. No, no. I thought about it very hard. Um, but I like their talk about how their divas and all the big divas have... That were know, successful before they got married. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I like that Rachel had the confidence at the end to be by herself mm-hmm. and kind of sing a love song to herself right which was great yeah we'll, we'll get there but that was great yeah no that that totally worked for me um and it's really refreshing because you know, like i i hate that about especially high school shows where everybody's always in a couple and everybody has to be paired off and because when i was in high school i really wasn't dating mm-hmm. and it's nice to see that acknowledgement of like you know we don't need that we'll get that later in life we'll get that after we've worked on ourselves after we've gotten what we want out of life or gotten in the direction we want to be so I thought that was very refreshing, and it made me very happy. Um, it did bother me that Finn gave her a gold star necklace because she already has one. Did they yeah. just like forget that? She I has think they one? did. That was a, it. Was a cute little necklace. Though, it was different. It was I'll different. give them that. But um, I and of course he apparently kept keeps Christmas the gift with him at all times. Yeah. which I thought was amusing. <laughs> Maybe it was wrapped in his perfectly. It like didn't get because he had a bow on it. The bow didn't get crushed. Maybe it was in his backpack. Yeah, but if it's in your backpack, you're gonna throw things Maybe on top on of it. Top. He was very careful with it. Apparently. It was, yeah, a nice touch, I suppose. Right. Um, okay, we've got two. All right, so now we've got these three characters who are all tied together. Mm-hmm. So Puck wants what he can't have. Well, Puck wants what he can't have. And in this case, it's Lauren's Lauren Isis. Now, I have obviously gone on record before saying <laughs> how much I despise how they're characterizing Lauren's Isis. I loved this storyline. I love this like this relationship, I really, really was happy and like proud of what they did with it. I was happy at the moments where she was a confident woman and was like, mm-hmm. yo, you got to do more to get me. Like you can't, right. you can't just ask me out and I'm, I'm not desperate, blah, blah. But she was a little schizophrenic. How so? Because initially she wanted him. Then well, she, she wanted him until she want kissed him. And then she's like, you're yeah. not good at this. But I don't know. And I didn't like, I didn't like her reaction to the song you're a big girl. It's a lot. I was song. confused by her reaction to the song. I was too. Because, because she's like smiling. Song, she was yeah. smiling. And then she was like, that was really offensive. And I was like, no, like, he's trying. Right. Like, he, yeah. If and he then, had sung something else, you would have rolled your eyes at it. Yeah. And then 
she is like, you have to, you you have to make a formal presentation. With where's the envelope of cash or the muffin basket? He sang you a love song. Yeah, that's more important <laughs> than a muffin basket. Like that. I, I mean, I think it was like I'll kind of forgive it because I think they were doing this thing and like they kind of have puck say it of the reason she's so confident. It's it does I think come in part from a place of insecurity of her thinking like you don't really like me or like maybe you just like me because I am heavier or maybe like, you know, once you have me, you're not going to want me like all of these different things. I feel like they did a good job of making me believe she's thinking all of these things. Okay. And so for her to make it, because there's people not that like, Oh, she probably doesn't think of herself as a sexual person. Cause I don't think that's the case, but I think there must be a part of her that really is surprised by it and yeah. doesn't quite believe it. And so therefore is like, I'm not going to be the one that's made a fool of. You're going to make a fool of yourself to prove yourself, but at no point am I, I'm not going to be the one standing up. I'll stand you up. But he did. He sang fat bottom girls to but her it took, in front of everyone. But like that wasn't like, all it took. Like it just, you know, she just made him work for it. And, and I feel like, like the, you know. And then she gave in and stood him up and then <laughs> said yes again. I was like, come on. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I enjoy that Puck wants her. I like uh-huh. it, but it, I don't like, I don't love her reaction. I feel like she's a little all over the place and, and mm-hmm. I just wish it would have been a little more consistent. Okay, I could see because that because her her reactions felt very up and down. Up and down, yeah. I could, I, I could, I could see that. I'm just again so happy that they they found something to do with her that isn't make her talk about food. Yeah, yeah. Even though she had to make sure all the chocolates were bad. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line, so I was kind of forgiving of it because the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh." Uh-huh. But then after I'd watched the episode and I felt like they'd given her a character, the second time I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of funny." <laughs> like, you know. And I like that he likes her because she's constantly insulting him like his mom. Exactly. Yeah, which is Freudian and weird. Yeah. Um, so now this ties into Santana because Santana's pissed. She wants that. Puck doesn't want her. Right. I mean, she buys herself a necklace and gives him the receipt. She went to which Jared. Which was just great, I thought. I love, like, I, Santana, I've been liking more and more. She's great. And I think she's great. I think the actress is great. What I loved about this again was, like, I totally bought the way she would be so confused by this. Yeah. Of, and this goes into Puck as well, of this, like, um, that, like, you know, in high school, if you were heavier, like, guys would never admit to liking you mm-hmm. because, you know, you don't like heavy girls. Like, no, it's up to that. No, you like the cheerleaders. And it's not that they don't. It's not that they don't, like, you know, go home and fantasize about Ricky Lake instead of, I don't know, Kira Knightley. Um, <laughs> it's an odd time frame. <laughs> but, but I think there is this sense of, like, very few 17-year-old boys are really willing to come out and say, like, you know, yeah, no, I think Kathy and Jimmy's sexy. Like, very few are going to do that. <laughs> Whereas once you get older, you can do, you know, like, you start to get in touch with, like, what you're actually attracted to. And I like the way that was played out. And But for someone like Santana, who is so conventionally attractive, is just like, wait, what? what? <laughs> I don't under, I just, let's just, let's just start over. Like, what? And I thought she played it so well. And, you know. I love their fight. She just gets her ass beat. Of course she does. Because, I mean, you know, she's a twig. And Lauren's a Greco-Roman wrestler. Exactly. Um, And she just thinks she's winning the whole time. Yeah, that's how we do (laughs) it in Lima Heights. (laughs) Which I like and she keeps saying, like, yeah, I'm from Lima Heights. But isn't her dad a doctor? The the real (laughs) kind? The kind that has a degree? (laughs) Um, But so I don't know what they're really, like, where Santana's really, like, where they're going with. Well, I I, I don't think Lima's Heights is the same as, like, our like okay okay 
I mean, I think Ohio's heights are probably drastically different than perhaps a borough here. Uh, perhaps indeed. Yes. Um, but then everybody kind of gives her, you know, in the Glee Club, she does her usual snarky bit and people start calling her on it. Yeah. And they're kind of like, ah, fuck you. You're and a I bitch. Like, I like that they use the actual lines that she, like the lizard baby line. The lizard baby line we heard. Yeah. We did not hear the, uh, that Rachel will get a starring role in, the, in, in Willow on Broadway, <laughs> yeah. which would be fantastic if she did. <laughs> and if they made a Broadway musical out of Willow, I would totally be there for that. Um... But yeah, and then Santana's great crying line when Britney tells her to rock back and forth because it works for people in movies. It's just, I just try to be really honest with people when I think they suck. She was she was really great. Yeah, I, she was fabulous this episode. And has her very crafty plan of how to transfer mono from one person to the other. Yep. Um, oh, my question about this was why, and I guess it's kind of a low note, is Finn still kissed other girls? Like, the kissing booth but, still open. Yes, you're absolutely but he right. He didn't use tongue. Tongue. But you can get... Apparently Santana, who's had mono so many times, it turns into stereo, <laughs> knows line. all the rules about mono and knows that you will only apparently give it to somebody if you use tongue. But you could get it from drinking from the same glass. So if you... Li- it, he, I, maybe I he just... it's saliva. So yeah. if you lick your lips and kiss someone, you're going to give it to them. Well, he was pecking a lot on cheeks. And there's no saliva on people's cheeks. Weeks, I feel right? like the whole school should have had mono. If it's the kissing disease right. that spreads so quickly. And then I thought that was going to be a whole storyline. It was yeah. like, yeah, this is why you don't have a kissing booth in your school. True. Um, but anybody who's ever had, have you ever had mono? No. I never have either. If you have people, do you get it from I tongue or, or medical professionals? Do uh, <laughs> Is mono transferred by tongue only or by pecs on cheeks? Let us know. Leecast at gmail.com. Or pecs on lips. He was giving the other girls pecs on lips. That's true. That's true. So um, I don't know. The answer to that, I don't know. Um, but is that all I of think that's the? Everyone. That's everybody. Yeah. So we right. talk about the songs. Let's talk about the songs. It took a while to get to the songs this episode again. Yeah. Which was fine again because the other stuff is so entertaining that you weren't like waiting for them. You were just oh, okay now they're gonna sing. Um, we start with Fat Bottom Girls, Girls, which I screamed and yelled. I loved it. it I was did. So good. And I know some people were annoyed by it. People were like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. It, it was, was so, so good. I love when Glee does Queen. Yeah. Like, those have been my favorite. Ep- my exactly. favorite musical performances have been them doing Queen. And this is great. Queen. It's... Yeah, and it's like because Queen has such a good sound for a Glee Club in a way, like because you can, you know, you can play with it, but then you have this great beat that everybody's totally on. And the best thing about this wasn't just the fact that like Puck was adorable and it was great, was the reactions yep. of everybody else. Because like as soon as you start singing it, and like they cut to Will, who's kind of like. I'm not um, comfortable. They cut to Rachel, who's like, oh, my God. They cut to Santana, who's like, what the fuck? And then, like, slowly, everybody kind of gives in, and they're yep. kind of, like, okay with it. And again, like, we don't really know how Lauren felt about it during the song. I think she was just going back and forth with it the same way. But I just, I loved this this five minutes. It was great. Yeah. It was wonderful. I have nothing else to say about it. Yeah, just that it was, it was really enjoyable. It might be on my best of eventually. I don't know. Um, the next song, did I get the title right? I noticed I just started guessing titles. Well, I think it's it's listed as PYT, parentheses, pretty okay, thing. Okay, And you have it written down, but I want to say the line. Can I say the line? You, it's, you can it's totally say the line. Fist bump, fist bump it. That's my man and his legs don't work. Woo! <laughs> it's great. This was, this was <laughs> odd. This was just Artie and Mike Chang being like, Which can you believe we're, we're like, I'm the weird Asian kid and you're the kid in the wheelchair, the but skinny, we got the hot girls. The skinny, quiet Asian guy. The skinny, guy. quiet Asian guy. And, and the, the guy, guy in the wheelchair. Have two of the hottest girls in the school. We're the coolest girls in the school. Coolest girls in school, I think is what I they said. Tina qual- like, Brittany's a cheerleader. That's understandable. Right, like, right. How the kid in the wheelchair get the cheerleader. Well, Mike part. feels like, you know, 
And Artie would know because Artie really likes Tina. Mike is on the football team. Like, that's true. That's true. I feel like Tina's the lower. I would agree with on that. The on the totem pole of, of McKinley. Yeah. Um, but this, this but was, it was so much fun. It was fun. It was just interesting because it's just, you know, Mike wheeling Artie singing and Mike is just freestyling. Dancing and wheeling. <laughs> it's just wacky. <laughs> Yeah, I do think this assignment's kind of awful, though. Like, if I were in Glee Club in high school and my teacher's like, I want you to sing a love song to somebody in this room. (laughs) I think that would be the most awful thing anybody could ever say to me. I probably would have to, but S-O-P-Y-T, as the kids say, was was enjoyable and strange and different and enjoyable, I'll say. Um, Next one. Is is correct when I get you alone by Um, Robin Thicke. A.K.A. Gap Attack. Yes. Robin Thicke, Alan Thicke's son from yes. Growing Pains, right? That's all I know about him. Um, so this really I felt like a Gap commercial. love this song. It, the song or the I, performance? I, well, I love the whole performance, but like when I heard the opening chorus to this song, I did like a squeal again because... Who is... The, oh, Robin Thicke. Robin Thicke. So. It's in The Rules of Attraction, which is where I know it from. Okay. And it's... I like got the Rules of Attraction soundtrack because I love the song and then it wasn't on there and I was really pissed and then mm. I had to go find it and now I made it part of the soundtrack on my iPod because it's That's right. To be part of the soundtrack. That's right, girlfriend. But I'm taking it back. Love this song and it made me so happy that they sang it because it always comes on my iPod and people are like, What the fuck are you listening to? And I'm like, Why don't you know this song? It's great. It's great. And I really, it did look like a gap ad. But it did, but it, which works. It was awesome. I mean, you know, I, I will give a disclaimer. I shop in the Gap. It's one of the only places I can, I know my size and it always fits and it always works well. I don't even have to try on everything sometimes. Um, and I have to say, I always liked the Gap dancing commercials. They were fun. Because they were fun. And this kind of worked because it felt like one, but the best one ever. Um, I... I'm confused as to why the manager was upset and fired him. Right, because everybody totally went with it. Everybody was enjoying it. Because they're Gap. The shoppers were probably in a better mood and bought more clothes afterwards. I totally would. I would have. I went to the Gap this weekend, and I bought clothes. And I was kind of upset. Because the Dalton Warblers. Yeah, completely. Um, I did. I made this note because I feel like I should say it. I will have to say, because for a bunch of guys flipping and performing... They leave the gap more organized than I do when I go try to find a large sweater. <laughs> you know, because gap is this thing where they stack everything really tightly. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I know it's going to come after medium. And then, like, you have to pull it out. And every time you do, they're so tight that all of the other ones just explode. So I feel bad that I make a bigger mess in the gap than the warblers do when they bring 35 guys to sing acapella. Um, yes. And the only other thing that struck me about the performance was that Kurt really doesn't fit in there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he does not fit their musical Aww. choices. It's like, true. He looks super awkward when he's like dan- when he's singing with them. Yeah. and I mean he didn't during silly love songs, but like the other the bills, mm-hmm. bills, bills, and when I get you alone, like he looked, he just looked out of place. I really want to see Kurt have a solo with them, not even necessarily like four regionals, but just I want to see it. I want to see how that dynamic plays out that way. Um, and actually, another note I had was that they they address. Blaine as a junior member, but he has all the solos. Where are their senior members? Like, well, remember, the Wobblers are very consistent. Because remember the whole thing of, like, remember, nobody here stands out. We yeah. all wear uniforms. Except for the fact that Blaine, Blaine is the is, face of the yeah. Warblers. Yeah. Um, I found, I do find the uh, song title ironic, because it's when I get you alone, but they sing it in a public setting. I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the next song, half a song. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> this is when Tina, um, her assignment to sing a love song to somebody in Glee Club. So she sings it, of course, to Mike Chang. And she sings My Funny Valentine. It's kind of weird. 
It was very bizarre. Because she just starts crying halfway through it about how happy she is. I love you. I love you. I'm so happy. <laughs> and the best is like, I mean, at this point, I was watching Brad the second time around. I wasn't paying Because, attention. like, he's playing the piano, and, like, at the very end, I couldn't tell if he rolls his eyes, but he kind of, like, looks up when she's, like, on the ground, and it was very interesting to me. But, yeah. Yeah, that was just weird. That was that. Um, so, and next, Rachel, we got a Rachel song, which we haven't had we haven't in a really long time. Yeah. And I really liked it. She sings Firework by, by Katy Perry. Okay. A lot of Katy Perry mm-hmm. in the last couple weeks. Um, it's a It's a kind of catchy song. Um, and it's it's the first song we've had in a while where we've had multiple performance places. Because mm, she's, yeah. she's on the stage, she's in the room, she's in her bedroom, and yeah. she's walking through the hallway. Yep. yep. We're in the hallway where people are carrying sparklers. sparklers. Yeah. And in that one, she has on a different dress. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's because we, we talked about how a lot of the performances have been very much based in reality lately, and we yeah. haven't been getting those daydream performances mm-hmm. Um and that's why yeah I this week was fun it. because we got that and then we also got you know we got them in the in the room singing and we got a gap performance yep. like it was a nice variety of stuff which i it liked was. um and firework was i like I, I really liked her singing this mm-hmm. um it was like it made me like kind of like it's pump a my fist song. a bit yeah it's, it is fun even though Katy perry tries to rhyme boom with moon those don't rhyme no oh um i'm sorry i have to go back and rewrite my poem I'll, I'll fix that. <laughs> um, and I, I like that it was really like a girl power. Like, yeah. you know. She's singing it for herself. She sings it for herself. And at the end, Mercedes joins in and team joins in. Like, it was just a really positive. Like, it, I liked it the first time. I liked it more the second time. Just made me happy. It was enjoyable. Yeah. But the next one's my favorite. Is it? <laughs> Maybe Fat Bottom Girls, but I just, so now we're in Breadsticks. Yes. This is our first Breadsticks-based performance. Yes. <laughs> It is. Um, it's a momentous occasion. It is. It is the also the first annual dinner of the Lonely Hearts Club, um, which I'm totally going to have on Monday night. I'm just going to like, I don't know, order a pizza and like sit here with Mookie and Joplin and have my Lonely Hearts Club. Um, but this is uh, Silly Love Songs. Yes. And by Paul, McCartney by Paul McCartney and Wings. And Wings. I never realized like both times I watched this, this is one of those songs, and maybe it's because um, also the whole uh, Moulin Rouge connection, like, and we've sung at karaoke. Yeah. I can't not sing along with this song. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but as soon as it starts, like, you think that people would have... I can't not sing along. It's really, it's a very fun song, and I enjoy the performance one. My problem with it is that then I got, you know, the iTunes version for my iPod, mm-hmm. and... It is the longest, fucking, most repetitive song, and it drives me nuts. Oh, that means I'm gonna love it. <laughs> you will never stop. Because those are the only words. Yeah. Is, is this, and that's why I like it because I know all the and, words. And the "I love you" part, and that's all the words to the entire song. And I, I, it keeps coming on my iPod, and I get about halfway through it, like through that first "I love you" part, yeah. and then I'm, it starts again, and I'm like, I can't, I can't. I'm like, <laughs> I have to hit skip. It's driving me nuts. But I, I did. That. I enjoyed it on the show a lot because I loved it's it. shorter. And yeah. Yeah, um, just it, it just like I was smiling the whole time, like like everybody there was doing. Like mm-hmm. it was just so it was so like a positive, positive song. I loved when he aims to Santana. Like I forget Sometimes what the line it doesn't is. Come, come at all. all, and just the look on her face was just like what? And it comes away from her. It just it just kind of was the perfect ending. And then she hits on Sam. And then she turns to Sam. And who gave the wave? She gave the wave or Sam gave the wave? I think she, she gave the wave. wave. Yeah. Um, so just... Yeah, she's know, the aggressor. So happy. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a good episode. Overall. Yeah, this was... I mean, I 
don't know. That I, uh, I might call this one of my favorites of, of this season so far. I think it's definitely up there. It's just it a highlight. Enjoyable, enjoyable both times around. Nothing glaring at me. Nothing that I really didn't like. Um, high notes. Um, I love how Santana figures out that they're cheating because Finn only has that gassy infant look when he's <laughs> gassy, gassy infant look. And I love when they show his gassy infant look. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's a total gassy infant look. Um, the, a few of these things I've already said that, um, all just all the mean things they say Santana has said, mm-hmm. including that Will is addicted to vests. Yeah, he needs and a 12 step program. Yeah. And the look on his face again is like, it's, I love when Will kind of realizes, like, like what people think of him as much as his kids love him like he's still a teacher and they still make fun of him. right like when uh, a couple of weeks back when somebody was complaining about how he only does journey songs yeah and again he's like but the people love journey like <laughs> it's just this sense of like when you think you're really respected and all of a sudden you find out well sure but except for this part of you and you're like but i thought that that's what makes me cool everybody yeah. likes that um the oh god oh oh god uh <laughs> the warbler's council this scene <laughs> I found hilarious. Did you? It was funny, yeah. Just the whole, like, all of them in there with the gavel and just how dramatic and how prissy they are. And, you know, <laughs> what was he say? He's like, we're getting complacent. You mock us, sir! <laughs> and the, the story of how they haven't performed in public since 1927. And just this, like, I just love the weirdness of it. I just found it really funny and different and mm-hmm. i like I, I think wayne talked about this in his email that like how they've kind of they're creating the warblers as this alternate world and they're totally going for it mm-hmm. which i really like um i have one more my favorite line of the episode um i wait i have another i have another one i forget what it was though okay look I'm for trying it. to find it you um go. my my favorite line which i didn't realize how funny it was until the second time around was when puck is making out with uh the waitress because mm-hmm. lauren stood him up so you know and the waitress kind of says says to him uh she's making out with him and he's like thanks for doing that she's like oh no it's fine my dad's a drug addict so losers totally make me horny <laughs> because you're just you think about it you're just like wait, what? <laughs> your, your dad's a loser, so losers make you horny? Like, it just, this weird, you think about the words and what they mean, you're like, that's inappropriate, <laughs> weird, and hilarious. Um, I love that uh, on the kissing booth, Finn has the football championship trophy. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't it's like that. sitting at the side, just because he needs to show that off. Of course, yeah. Because, you know, it's it's fleeting. Popularity is fleeting. It is. Um, Lono? Um, I don't know that I had any. Um, Mercedes onesie. Just because why would you do that to a big girl? Amber Riley should not have accepted that. I'm sure <laughs> Leia Michelle is like, when they try to put her in like an ugly dress, she's like, no, 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 polka dots don't work with me today. And like, for Amber Riley had to wear a onesie. Um, I feel like Jeremiah, the gap guy, was a little bit of a low note. He was kind of lame. I don't know. He was he was pretty and boring and the kind of guy that I feel like some people would have a crush on just because, like, oh, he's pretty and he works at The Gap. And he can get me a 50% discount if we get married, which I don't think it works that way. I had a friend who worked at The Gap in high school, and she didn't get that much off. Well, maybe you had to be married to get Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's, it's like it, it was part of, like, when Bush was president. It was like, yeah. oh, get married for tax incentives and all these other things, Yeah. But okay. I, didn't, I didn't really have low notes. I no. just love this episode. It was super enjoyable. Um, two other random things I wanted to point out, my stray observations, if oh. you will. Um, that I like that we have the same, the older waitress was the same waitress we saw yeah. a few weeks back. 
And again, just kind of continuing to create a universe for Glee so that we recognize these people in the background that, yeah, oh yeah, that's the waitress. Um, And there was everybody, like not everybody, but we had a lot of narration. And it was interesting because we heard Santana narrating, Mm -hmm. which we haven't done. We heard um, Puck narrating again, Finn narrating again. It just was was different and it it worked because they didn't force it on you, I don't think. Um, There's a moment where Lauren is talking to Puck and she's like, I spell woman C-I-C-E-S and I, I don't understand. Z I Z E S. Oh, I thought she was saying C. And I was like, a C is in cookie. And I was like, that doesn't spell anything. <laughs> I feel really dumb. That's now. when you should do what my parents do and turn the closed captioning on. I should have. Yeah. Even Mike didn't hear it right, though. He said the same thing. He was like, I was trying to figure out what it was. I was like, C, right? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kaisis. I, I like the idea that you went to the dictionary afterwards. Like, what is that, Kaisis? I don't what understand. Is, is it some ancient Greek? Greco-Roman god of wrestling. Um, all right, but we uh, we're going to take a break and we'll come back with our feedback. Whoop, whoop. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we have to sacrifice a few hours a week to podcast about whatever you find important, but we think you're crazy asking us to write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each of us is a podcast about other podcasts. A podcast about television. A podcast about films. A podcast about music. A podcast about books. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours. The Podcast Podcast. The Podcast Podcast is your one-stop source for all the podcasts on the internet. Each week we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes so that you can decide if you should check them out or keep on moving. Find us at thepodcastpodcast.com or search for us in the iTunes store by looking for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend... A boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. You know what's really good? I've, I've started to memorize all our friends' promos. I know. <laughs> I, I talk along with them. I do, do. I, I really do. I, well, I did it to our... I was listening to Are You Serious on the drive here, and I, our promo came on, and I was, like, just doing my lines along with it. Yeah. Well, the only weird thing I noticed on the last one we played, the Night of Living podcast one, because I always listened to them in double speed, I never realized they played the Gremlins theme in there. And I was like, oh, my God, the Gremlins theme is in there. And it's weird for me now to hear the um, the show show one in a slowed up speed because then I realize how good Miles' impression of Robert Evans really is. Yeah, but listen to both of those podcasts. They are fabulous. You've heard Fozzie Bear on the show before. Yes. Uh, and um, Miles of show show, there, there, there aren't enough words to say. No. Yeah. All right, so we've got feedback. Uh, okay, the first one is from one Wayne Kutke, and his title is Where Have All the Updos Gone? Uh, and he writes, Isabella and Rossellini. Which one do you want to be? I'll be Isabella. Oh, man. I always like that name. <laughs> Apparently, she's she um, she brings... I've, I've heard not cool things about her. She doesn't tip her dog rumors. I'm just going to oh. leave it that way. All right. But anyway, 
<clears throat> a study in contrasts, firework and silly love songs, both, I think we can agree, are the very quintessence of top 40 music. They're glossy, catchy, and about as deep as a playing card. They've been carefully, some might say cynically, created to appeal to the absolute greatest number of people possible. In a nutshell, cut from the same cloth, mixing my metaphor with something fierce tonight. And yet, these two musical numbers felt completely different in execution on tonight's show. When Leia Michelle sings a song like Firework, she sounds way, way too good for the material, like a professional athlete who's been drafted to play in a Little League game. She seems uncomfortable and restricted. But just a few minutes later, when the Warblers warble silly love songs, hardly Sir Paul's finest moment as a composer and peer of the, and peer of the realm, somehow it's dynamic and charming and winning and lots of other nice adjectives. The Warblers have this talent for taking the silliest and most trivial songs and really making something special out of them. Until tonight, for instance, I had no idea that someone had added lyrics to a fifth of Beethoven and made an even poppier song out of it. An idea sort of awesome in its, in its utter crassness, the musical equivalent of fried Twinkies. But now I'm totally considering downloading that shit on iTunes. I'm not going to actually do it, but I'm considering it. Such is the power of the Warblers. Other observations. Just keep mixing and matching those couples, Glee. Let's see here. Besides Lauren and Puck, we had Kurt and Blaine. Blaine and a very underwhelming gap guy. Finn and Rachel. Rachel and herself. Finn and Quinn. Quinn and Sam. Sam and Santana. Puck and a married waitress. Finn and every girl in school. Santana and Finn. Sort of. Artie and Brittany. Mike Chang and Tina. Tina and total batshit insanity. <laughs> By season seven, I'm sure it'll be, is Brad the piano player dating one of Sue's cheerleading trophies? <laughs> Find out tonight on Glee. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. Suddenly, I Am Number 4 is being marketed as the Diana of Aragon movie. <laughs> it's more privileged, she As burlesque veterans go, it's certainly more fun to be Quinn Fabray this week than it is to be Extina. But you know what? She deserves it. She remains the best actress among the high schoolers on the show. If you need proof, just check out her look of total mono-induced misery during My Funny Valentine. Hilarious and perfect. And I think Quinn sort of carries both Sam and Finn during the heavier acting scenes. For a couple of seconds near the beginning of the episode, I thought it would be funny if Finn forgot to just think his narration and actually started to say it out loud. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I do, I do agree that I think Diana of Aragon is probably the best of the younger actors on the show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think, I think she does raise whoever she's in a scene with. I think they kind of come up to her level, which is why, again, I was okay with Finn and Quinn. Whereas Finn and Rachel are getting, you know, got tired. All right. Uh, Wayne continues, speaking of marketing, it may be my Flint, Michigan roots, but I love, love, love the see the USA in your Chevrolet commercial, especially when Leah Michelle does with that last note. I also like the car commercial featured a brief plug for the TV show. Yo, dog, I heard you like cross marketing. So I put a commercial in your commercials that you can cross market while you cross market. <laughs> totally. What did I tell you about those Christmas presents with these separately wrapped tops? Erica was skeptical <laughs> of my complaint, but here was further proof of the show's overuse of them. Fist pump. Fist there, pump. We determined that there was only one of those gifts on the Christmas special. The, uh, the mm -hmm. gifts that were under the tree were, were wrapped entirely. Finn had one. Again. Like His mom wrapped it does. for him. Sure, keep telling yourself that. All in all, another really fun, enjoyable episode. So glad the show is back, but I'm not sure I needed two episodes in three days. And I hope you noticed that Glee is taking baby steps towards making a, making a Lauren a fully realized human being rather than just a walking fat joke. 
Sure, there were approximately eight gazillion fat jokes in this episode, but Lauren got to do other stuff this week besides eat, like beat the crap out of Santana. God damn, that's a lot of stuff in every episode of the show. How do you, how do they find time for it all? Yours most gleefully, Wayne Kotke, who you can find at d2writes.blogspot.com. Also on the feedback sections of Mail Order Zombie. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Wayne. Um, lots of things that I think we agree and disagree with. I, I mean, I liked Firework. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel like other people did complain also and say, like, I don't know, that it, Leah Michelle's too good for it. But I, it totally worked for me. Totally. Um, and the, the couple game, the rearranging the chess pieces... <laughs> It's what the show does. It's I mean nine hundred two and O did it. It's what high school does. Yeah, I think so, and I'm I'm cool with it. Um, of course, I agree with the Chevrolet commercial. Mm-hmm. Have you heard uh, Diana Varagon pronounce her name? She actually says Agron. 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 Oh God. She says it with an A. Yeah. Don't you hate when like you hear somebody's name and you're like, oh, you should say that nicer. I was watching Pretty Little Liars and they were doing um, ah. they were doing spots for I am number four in between. Oh, I love how they do that now. They did that on Gossip Girl for the roommate. Yeah. And it was yeah. amazing. Um, I used to always think Scarlett Johansson's name was Scarlett Johansson because I'm like, oh, it must be like like sweet like Swedish, right? That makes sense. And I thought it was so great. And then when I heard her say Johansson, I'm like. That's lame. You're so much less exotic now. Yeah. No. Diana Agron. Diana of Aragon is how yes. I will continue to say her <laughs> name. Um, okay, yeah, and again, I agree. I think they're making Lauren into a person. And you Slowly. should download When I Get You Alone, Wayne, because it's great. Um, download it and wrap it in a box. With Not actually. Separate top. A separate top. Uh, All right. Are you, would you like to read the next one? Next email is from Scott... And he said, well, it's year-end show feedback, and he says, Hi, Erica and Emily, Scott in Toronto here. I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed both of your lists. We've got two young kids at home, so we rarely, rarely see anything on the big screen. I rely on list shows such as this to help me decide what to watch on our small, non-flat screen. The lazy cool. side of me would like to request that you ladies post your lists on the forums. Any chance that might happen? Thanks, and keep up the good work. Looking forward to the return of the show. Thanks, Scott. Now, this is Toronto Scott, who has his own show now. Yes. Uh, It is Married with Clickers, uh, and it's quite good. It's him and his wife, Kat, and they, they, what's great about it is they just cover just a big variety of movies. They'll kind of just cover one, they've done Richard III, they've done High Plains Drifter, they've just done a good mix of things, and they have, you know, they're married and everything, and have a good chemistry, thankfully, because that would (laughs) suck for them if they didn't, Um, but I highly recommend it. You can find it on iTunes, Married with Clickers. Uh, please go there and listen. And we will post our lists in the form. Yes, we will. We are not I so lazy as to not do so. Had to make sure that I had it still mm-hmm. first and that I didn't have to go back and listen to the episode to find out my list. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll do that. We will totally do that. So, um, and anybody else, welcome to post your own top 10 of the year because yeah. I'll be curious what they were for everybody. Uh, okay. Before we read the next email, I'd like to issue an apology to Ashley for pressuring her <laughs> into leaving us feedback. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Erica's kind of a slave driver sometimes. She, she, she when she wants something. I was like, leave us glee back. She had like five games. And then I saw like poor Ashley post, po- like make posts on Twitter about how like this is really hard to do. <laughs> and I could hear the tears in her voice. Sorry, Ashley. It's okay. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's okay. I don't know how, how Ashley feels about it. Sorry. All right, but Ashley writes baby cannons and gap attacks. 
Um, oh god, that just totally flashed me back to the, to the movie Rappin', which I don't think you've ever seen, have no, you? I haven't. You need to. It's so great. It's from like 1986 and it has Mario Von Peebles and they rap the whole time and there's a song called Snack Attack. And he's having I think a snack attack. I think you've sung this for me before. I probably have. Um, it was one of the movies I recommended to the gentleman for Ladies Appreciation Month. And now suddenly that I see Gap Attack written out in front of me, I'm just thinking in my head like, I'm having a Gap Attack. <laughs> and now the next time I go shopping there or wear any of the clothes I just bought from them, I'm going to be singing that all day long. Ashley writes, hi, ladies. If you can take some verbal stumbling and make some of these glee musings into food for thought, you're miracle workers. This show, to me, defines the office water cooler culture, and it's hard sometimes for me to sit on my own opinion solo. Actually, that and the fact that glee is a whirlwind of chuckle-inducing one-liners, interlocking high school politics, and more complicated relationships than Melrose Place. Sue's infantile fits are not as entertaining as the writers think. I agree. I don't know. They, um... I'm, I'm infantile, so it's okay for me sometimes. I love that at once Lauren is the kind of character that addresses the fetish, fetishization of her size and Puck making genuine attempts at courtship because of who she is. Of course, he slips with fat bottom girls because, like he said, he's not the smartest guy, but I really think he's into her. I'm kind of bummed that Quinn went right back into being all about how to have the highest status in the school. It seems like her and Mercedes never had a connection. It's like The Breakfast Club, where there's a glimmer of dismantlement, and then there's the reality of Monday morning, and go back to each cast group. I totally forgot that they were friends, Mercedes and uh, Quinn. Yeah. I think there was a lot of bonding last season, and they just haven't revisited that friendship at all. Well, I don't, I don't think it was ever necessarily, like... An everyday friendship. Right. It was like like a, I'm here for you when you need me kind of thing. Okay. All right. As she continues, I feel like Lee, to a large extent, instead of developing relationships amongst characters, they're sampled. And I think this has to do with what happens to successful ensemble shows where the few overshadow the many. And I don't know if that has more to do with the nepotistic view. Wow. Is that even a word? I don't know. It's hard to say. Audience, producers, or the media. I think I just plain hate cults. And Kurt's new school is kind of one of them. (laughs) Yes, Glee, please use more MJ songs. And yes, make sure Artie continues to sing them. I'll leave the rest for you, too, and others who are much more articulate to unpack the last two weeks of Gleedom. Happy the podcast is back. Ashley, you can find at buriedinabookcrypt.blogspot.com. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Erica will now be nicer to you. I wasn't mean. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hey. Um, I agree. I would like to see more Michael Jackson. Yeah. I guess his songs are not overly hard to get. Did you know that there's a touring Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson show? That's weird. I want to go see it. I don't know how I feel about that. It's called Immortal. Okay. Uh, they're doing another Glee Another Glee this round, summer. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Nelson Coliseum. Well, somebody. I hate Nassau I mean, Coliseum. I really feel Erica. But I saw the Wiggles there. Okay, they were awesome. Go. Anyway. You're not going to go? No, I said I'm probably going to oh, go anyway. Gonna go. Even I told Mike, and he was like, uh, when do tickets go on sale? I was oh. like, oh, on Saturday. I was like, that was a lot of fun. Let's go again. He was like, yeah, you're in charge of that. I was like, okay. Go get him, girl. Go get him. Um, it was a really good show. Yeah. Anyway. So, let's see. Um, yeah, no, Kurt's school is totally a cult, but I find it entertaining, so I'm okay with it. I like it. I don't think it's a cult. It just entertains me. It's just happy, I feel like private schools place. are like that. I don't know. I, I didn't go to a private school. I didn't either. Uh, but I know people who did, and it, <laughs> the way they would talk about it kind of led me to believe that they are sort of cults. So, I don't know. Glee listeners, if any of you... Went to private school. Uh, private school. Did you have to? Next week on Glee did, yeah, did you have to take care of a canary and do all of those things? <laughs> I would like to know. 
Um, okay, so we have we do have we do want to leave you with a question of the week. Yes. Um, so this week we had a gap attack. Now, listeners, now and as we said, it seemed like the shoppers were totally into it and were really enjoying it. So tell me, Gleecast listeners, where would you like to see an impromptu musical performance in which one of the performers is trying to woo an employee or customer or goer of that menu? Yes. Shopping malls, DMVs, just think about it. Just putting it out there. Let us know. Let Over us know. At palaver.com. That's mm-hmm. P-A-L-A-V-R.com. Yep. Go to the forums. Find us under Gleecast. And then play around on the other ones. Come say hi to us in Indianapolis. Indeed. That's the end of March. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I Oh, we didn't do that last show. We didn't. But I... we're just assuming people are listening to it in the way we're recording it, like, right now. So um, I'm at Erica's name. Erica with C. I am at Deadly Dolls. With D. Uh, you can find my blog at deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. Stop by for um, its month of the vertically challenged villains. So I'm covering all movies about Ooh. short killers. So killer dolls, killer uh, babies, killer um, fetuses, killer people shrunk into the size of dolls, all those kinds of things. Hooray! Yay! Um, check out other podcasts, right Girls on Film Radio, for more of me talking about movies. And uh, we'll see you next week. We will. With some some Bieber fever. Bieber fever. Doesn't rhyme either. Just. But that did. (laughs) No, it didn't actually. Damn it. All right. Okay.